Hey, my listener fan thingies, you know what? I finally did it! I made a friend! And it's a girl! The first girl I ever talked to via Zoom. And even the first time I ever recorded a show with Zoom and uh, a shitty microphone. <sighs> Sorry for the bad audio quality, but the episode is fucking hilarious! Because we talked about some really weird shit. No, that was not a mistake. This huge ass episode is all about wheels. Well, animals with wheels. <laughs> You know, flesh wheels, horn wheels, cheese wheels, and, uh, um, poop wheels. Yeah. So, listeners, I am joined today by a very special guest. Um, uh, okay, okay, that, that that sucks. That sucks totally. Okay, listeners, so I am not going to pretend like I am a true podcaster. You already know that I'm a basic nobody. But joining me today is somebody special, somebody who has been doing the artwork and logo for my show, somebody who has been infiltrating the podcast. So who are you, random person in the room? I'm Christina. Um, I'm an artist and lover of all weird things. I am on Instagram as the crescent hair so some of you may already know me as that i mean that's me (laughs) and and we we should point out it's not the hair like um... yes it's the rabbit it's the long long leg rabbit that looks shady all the time like it's up to something so um we are covering something very weird today it's beyond weird it may be the strangest thing we've ever seen But only because of one part of it. How how would you describe what we're covering today? Um, uh, it's this thing that looks kind of like a seal, but gets along on land using mm-hmm. part of its body that neither one of us has been able to figure out exactly what it does with. Uh-huh. Like we have our theories. It's mind boggling. How is it described usually that appendage? Um, it's a wheel on a its wheel. tail. <laughs> well, a living creature yeah. with a wheel that turns on its tail and that's how it zips around the arctic (laughs) yeah you could you could basically say it's a seal with a wheel yeah a seal with a wheel (laughs) (laughs) after this episode we're getting t-shirts made (laughs) oh is that your plan that's why you let me know put your artwork Nah. nah nobody else would get it except for the weirdos so i mean yeah I, like I, there would be two people wearing that shirt <laughs> i even i even told you like you can use your image for a mug and the mug would be for an iced coffee yes or an iced tea yeah um i can even get like those pint glasses printed with it so it could be like you know all sorts of ice drinks could be drank maybe, you, that, maybe so. you could put it on shot glasses because they utilize ice there you go uh-huh. there you go but um yeah it's it's a seal with a wheel. So how the heck did you learn about this thing? Um, you told me. No. Yes. No. And that, you were that, just that like, can't be true. Yeah, it's totally true. So yeah. Um, how, how do you even pronounce this thing's name? Like I've known since like 2004, and I never figured it out. You know, in my accent that I have, apparently, um, being a, a northerner, um, I just say ice kadunk. Ice kadunk. Ice kadunk. What? How else could you pronounce that? Um, you know, could you be like ice? Ice dunk. Ice like, dunk. Yeah, like it, does anybody really even know how it's? I, I don't know, but it's Canadian, so it, it can be maybe ice dunk. Maybe it's ice dunk because I'm only two hours away from Canada, so maybe it's like I'm right. So we'll we'll see. Okay, so do you know actually what what the name would mean? Like the ice part is already obvious, but do you know what a gedunk is? I have no idea what a gedunk is. Okay, I actually found this. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> so a gedunk, I was like, oh, here we go. The gedunk is a snack bar on a ship where junk food can be purchased, like candy, soda, potato chips, sometimes even ice cream. <laughs> so it's basically ice 
junk food or ice junk. Yeah, but that's United States. Like, I wonder if, like, it means something in another language. Yeah, this is usually used by the military in the U.S. Yeah. And it says here, gedunk and pogey bait were terms used by, <laughs> yeah, were terms used for any type of food not good for you, but mostly used to describe sweets and junk food. It, it lives in the Arctic. Mm-hmm. So and it's junk food. And you know how Eskimos <laughs> usually eat seals. Yeah, like a lot of the native peoples, yeah, they utilize seals but it's like like do we even know when it like yeah into existence i'll get into that later on when you search this listeners if you try to search ice gedunk the first thing you will stumble upon is this wiki called it's something wiki so you're probably familiar with the cryptids wiki but this is um something else (laughs) yeah it's something something wiki so it covers all the other weird stuff yeah it covers everything that not just cryptids like (laughs) aliens and poltergeists and urban legends and stuff but mostly very obscure things that are not on the other wikis yeah like stuff that maybe we only have a paragraph for it looks like well it looks like we do have a paragraph because we only have a paragraph yeah (laughs) if you try to search this thing on on google this is all you will find and it states the ice gedunk is a cryptid that lives in canada and alaska supposedly a type of land dwelling eared pinnipeds and pinnipeds are seals basically facts about breeding behavior and diets are unknown due to the fact that sightings are extremely rare and that the locals say that this remarkable creature is almost extinct. I mean, maybe it's off in the Arctic eating ice cream at a gedunk. The ice gedunk seems to be an otterid pinniped, again, a seal, with a body tapering at the end. But the most remarkable feature of this animal is that it is said to have a fleshy wheel at the end of its body, which it uses for locomotion. This amazing feature makes the ice gedunk one of the most bizarre cryptids on earth yeah but what if it's not like what if it's a real animal that well, like lived at one time well the thing with cryptids is they are supposedly real animals because cryptozoologists are all about being being embraced by the scientific community which shuns yeah. them constantly yeah they do um i think the thing that trips me up the most on this is the wheel it's the wheel <laughs> i mean that that's the only distinguishing feature that's the wheel like, without the wheel completely... th- this would be just a seal and and on this wiki you will see the only art work of this thing that you can find on the internet how would you as an artist describe this art they took the description and basically drew a seal um they got you know the flippers in the back that are holding this wheel um the head looks like a a pit bull head looks like my dog yeah (laughs) so it's kind of like yeah they basically took a seal a dog and threw a wheel on the butt yeah and and everything's good until it gets to the tail and then it's like (laughs) what and then like in that book that you have with the yeah. saw blade looking tail. <laughs> yeah. This image reminds me somewhat of a wheelbarrow. Yeah. Like how it's like yeah, somebody it, somebody put a wheelbarrow upside down so the handles yep. are are on the ground, slapped a pit bull head on the thing. Exactly. It's like it really does look like it's got a dog head. Like it looks like the flippers are holding the wheel, like really, in this picture. Yeah. It doesn't look yeah. like any sort of it doesn't look like it has an axle in in the center of the wheel it's just like two flippers are are holding on to some kind of stone yeah it's not very anatomically correct really it's more just like cartoonish this picture i mean if it if it was anatomically accurate we could say that it has scoliosis because it's back it's just one curved line (laughs) yeah but i mean that's why we've been discussing the tail and how it moves around and stuff and what it Mm. really looks like so based on this wiki the only thing we know is that this is a land dwelling seal that lives in Canada and Alaska that nothing is known about it except that it is extremely rare and yes. that it has this wheel like appendage on, on its ass. Yeah that has just jacked us up. More info on this artwork. I actually found the source of the artwork. It's this blog called Freaks, <laughs> Mutants and Monsters. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And oh they, there it is. Yeah there it is. So they, they create artwork of these monsters from mythology and folklore and whatever it's all cartoony yeah that's Look amazing wow what yeah a monopod uh, a guy with one giant leg in oh, the center God. of his body wow yeah so maybe we'll we'll make more episodes on these things yeah this is amazing yeah, yeah so, so they they actually 
made this artwork? I believe so. I can't find any other source for the art. They state in this blog post, the ice gerank is a cryptid from North America. The creature resembles a seal, but has a long tapering body that extends in a fleshy wheel-like structure, which is used for locomotion. The existence of such creatures has not been substantiated. And uh, one other uh, source I found on the internet, it's this site called monstersandbeasts.proboards.com. And then there is some kind of, I don't know if this is some kind of forum, but lore and order complete bestiary. And it's on that list? Yeah, it's on this list. So they say, for the ice gerank, literally rolling around the icy tundras of Canada and Alaska, these bizarre pinnipeds resemble seals with tapering bodies and fleshy wheels in place of hind limbs, which they use to move at great speeds through the rocky landscape. Unlike other pinnipeds, they spend a minimal amount of time submerged in water. Very little is known about their diet or breeding habits, and natives to the area say that that the remarkable creatures are nearly extinct nowadays. They use their wheel and move around at great speeds. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Now, I'd imagine if something moves around, like if it's a living being and has wheels, and if it moves around at great speeds, it will not have one wheel at the back of its body. Why not two wheels like a motorcycle? Exactly. Like, that's why I had some of the theories that I had. Oh, yeah. That we oh, had yeah. talked about. So so the, the first thing that comes to my mind when I see something like this is the wheel is on the back side so even if it has some kind of propulsion system whatever it would be basically pushing the whole rest of its body forwards with this one wheel on the back side so mm-hmm. it would be scraping its stomach constantly off the ice and tundra but what if if it really did move like that what if the stomach like the chest area that's going to be rubbing against like all mm-hmm. the ice and stuff what if it had something like um you know how armadillos are all armored all the way around what yeah. if it had something like that on its stomach to protect it easier? what if it used that as an ice sled exactly yes what if it used it as ice sled and this wheelie thing on its tail actually did move like that but you know what uh maybe i got it all wrong like the wheel is on the back side maybe it does not propel itself forward like head first maybe it propels itself in reverse maybe it so pulls itself like it that. pulls okay. itself so it is constantly going backwards but then the eyes are on the front of its head so how would it see where it's going i mean uh, you know when you um go in reverse when you drive a car and then is he constantly looking back yeah constantly looking back (laughs) okay i'm backing up now let me know let me know when i'm close enough (laughs) so it's constantly driving in reverse yeah (laughs) and because it lives in the tundra it literally has nothing to hit so well it has icicles to hit or you know like little chunks of ice everywhere to hit maybe i don't know i've never been to the tundra so basically these are the only three texts i can find on the internet i can find derivatives or copy pastes of them but this is everything we can find i did a google search only three pages of nothing i searched DuckDuckGo because google is shit and still nothing on DuckDuckGo. and you know that internet archive and the wayback machine yes. i then searched that so they have archives of books even on that site nothing nothing in the books and nothing on the wayback machine for the internet archive yeah it's it's just so strange to me that this is literally the only thing on that like that's just so wild to me it's this like one picture and it's just like this paragraph and you know you know what's interesting this is not something that recently was made up on the internet i was on these paranormal cryptozoology forums as a kid back in 2004-2005 and I clearly remember the ice gerank being more prevalent on the internet on these cryptozoology websites and even on these forums I made posts about it because I don't know it it was so bizarre to me as a kid that it stuck with me all these years and now I want to do an episode on it to to solidify it in internet history. I mean it's stuck in my head obviously because I drew it. So, I mean, I think about it, like, because they say it's got a wheel on its tail, and that's how it moves around. Like, that's stuck in my brain forever. I can't wrap my head around, okay, is it really a wheel? Like, I, I the mechanics of that, the biology of that, I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't so, wrap my head around. So, I, I have a lot to show you regarding mechanics 
So oh, gosh. Let, let's, let's talk about the possibility of wheels being evolutionary adaptation in, in the real natural world. So do, do you know any kind of organism that has a wheel? No, I do not. Okay. Like that's why I have such a hard time with wrapping my head around this because it's a, a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is this science article from 1983 titled Why the Wheels Won't Go by Michael LaBarbera. And this is a real science article that is mostly speculative biology of why the wheel did not evolve in the natural world. Huh. Yeah. And it goes into a lot of detail, as you can see on my screen, about uh, physics and mechanics of it and these percentages and whatnot. Uh, I don't understand a lot of it. This from is going over my head a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from, from, from what I gathered. Okay. So they state that the wheel is not a universally preferred mode of transportation because we all know the wheel as the most ingenious uh, invention in human history. But in the Middle East and North Africa, they've been um, constantly replacing wheeled vehicles with camels because camels can actually traverse the more harsh landscapes where there are no roads. Well, they state throughout human history that the wheel was only as effective as much as there were roads to put the wheels on. So the yeah. roads and the wheels have some kind of symbiotic relationship. You cannot use a wheel if you don't have a road. Yeah, you don't have a proper surface. Yeah. Yeah. And so the first problem you have uh, with wheels in the natural world, if it was a part of some animal, is basically, is the terrain able to support such a structure in an organism because mm -hmm. the wheel would only function on terrain that is flat and that does not have any obstacles. Yeah. And you would have, if animals had wheels, like how would they be able to do things in different areas like deserts, like cre desert dwelling creatures? Like that doesn't make sense. Like they couldn't use a wheel. Yeah. So, um, so you know, in forests, theory, they couldn't use a wheel. Yeah. In so theory, they're better off without one. In theory, only animals which live in open terrain without any obstacles could have a wheel. And also the, the size of the wheel is very important because you cannot have little animals like, say, insects using wheels because they live in a kind of microcosmos where they are surrounded by a lot of obstacles. So for them, even a blade of grass is a giant obstacle for locomotion. Mm -hmm. So lions could have wheels. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> them like wheeling along the savannah oh man so, so after things yeah then then as they are wheeling through the savannah they are forming crop circles throughout the savannah <laughs> grass <laughs> we've answered it there you go nobody yeah. needs to do anything with crop circles anymore we've answered yeah, it. Th those are lions with wheels yep those are lions with wheels and you know a lot of crop circles actually occur in the uk and the uk has this thing called alien big cats yes yeah, so they have wheels yeah so those alien big go. cats those uk panthers have wheels and they're yeah we have solved one of the great mysteries of life oh man we have done it you know we have done it we should pat ourselves on the back we have done it yeah. you guys out there we don't need to do anything else with crop circles <laughs> <laughs> we have solved it alien big cats with wheels so the thing is only a giant animal could evolve a wheel because little animals are surrounded with more obstacles so a little rock will be a bigger obstacle for say a lizard uh, a much bigger mm -hmm. obstacle for that lizard than say for an elephant so there's elephants with wheels now <laughs> i'm I just mean, gonna there, all day there are elephant day, seals yes well and then we got a seal with a wheel right here that we're yeah. talking about i'm just gonna spend the rest of my day imagine Imagining animals with like wheels and giggling to myself and people are going to think I'm completely nuts, but it amuses me. Okay. So the other problem that organisms face based on this research study, if they had a wheel is how do you supply nutrients to that body structure? Because a wheel is a dead structure that is jointed with an axle and then moves. It is not per se attached fully to that axle, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it moves independently. It moves independently. Okay. So an animal that has a wheel would have this wheel-like structure move independently of the rest of its body. And that means that it is detached from the rest of its body. So how does it supply blood? How does it supply nutrients to this 
this thing. And didn't we have a conversation with that? Yeah. Like we talked about how this would happen. Like how would this wheel even function as part of the animal if yeah, it couldn't so, get, it wasn't so, really attached. Yeah. So uh, what I theorized there is maybe if, if these seals have wheels, if this creature exists, maybe as it is a baby, this wheel is some kind of fleshy part attached to it. But as it grows older, this wheel keratinizes, you know, like keratin of fingernails or horns or claws. So it keratinizes and then detaches from, from the living tissue and just dangles there on some kind of axle. Becomes this, this wheel-like appendage. It becomes a necrotized tissue, like dead tissue, like, like some kind of horn, but a wheel. It would have to be pulling itself or pushing itself with something else. Like it wouldn't be able to like use that as an actual like propel, you know. Yeah, it yeah. Wouldn't be able to like. So it would be like it. a wheelbarrow. Exactly. It wouldn't actively propel the wheel. It would be propelling the rest of its body against that wheel. Exactly. Yeah. Well, how about like some of the other stuff we came up with? There, there actually is another theory I have that I did not share with you uh, to explain Uh-oh. this. Yeah. Let's do that one. <laughs> okay. So it, it is related to this. So let's say this wheel is a keratinized structure like a horn and it cannot actively propel itself but you know how those track wheels of trains function okay yeah so you have these bars on the sides i i don't know anything about technology (laughs) or mechanics but (laughs) the way i see it with with trains is they have these bars on the sides that are attached to the wheels via some little holes and as Mm -hmm. these bars move up and down they rotate these wheels yeah so what if this wheel let's say this wheel is some kind of hard dead structure like a petrified wheel of cheese and yeah so the tail is cheese <laughs> no i mean i mean like they're like gonna the be shape. like these fools just said it's cheese <laughs> so this no this i get petrified... it so it's like yeah it's like the horn material like you were talking about yeah this, like a, uh, uh, the... this petrified we- uh, cheese wheel what if it has two holes on its sides and then this thing puts its back flippers which have these little projections inside those holes and then it moves these back flippers up and down and then that actually rotates the wheel you know that's a really good theory but at that point just like pull yourself along on your flippers (laughs) like that's less effort <laughs> oh man, so like you know what I mean? Like that just there's it, it's like there's a lot that goes into that, it seems like. So he, here's another theory, and yeah, I need to bring poop into this. <laughs> so what if it, this is not a part of its body that detached from it, like some amputated appendage, if you will? What if this is actually a pile of the ice kidunks shit that <laughs> petrified and then it uses this as a wheel? What do you think about that? Um, I mean a poop disc. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm not talking shit here. Um, literally. Well, the thing is, this study that I found actually states that there are some animals that utilize wheels. And one of these animals is the dung beetle. Yep, the good old I was just gonna say the good yeah. old dung beetle. So if you can if you can think of the dung beetle's dung ball as some sort of wheel, this thing is using this wheel to propel itself backwards constantly. So maybe if it's poop (laughs) um it it uses it until it has to make a new one and so maybe it's not really attached to its body so it's just a poop wheel it's just so what if it's holding it with its flippers that are modified so what if it's not really even part of the animal it's just this poop yeah that's what i'm saying so it basically inserts its back flippers into this poop wheel and then propels itself like a train yes we sound like professionals right now i mean it's it's science (laughs) the the same thing happens with dung beetles exactly so it's like legit yeah you know yeah you know, since it lives in the Arctic, its poop would be all solidified and frozen and whatnot. Exactly. Exactly. So there you go. It's it's totally legit. It could be <laughs> it could be what it is. People are gonna be like, What? Oh man, what's yeah. going on? I'm good with it. <laughs>
Yeah, so the two main problems then are the size of the wheel and how it interacts with the terrain. And how do you actually um, supply nutrients to this structure? But if this structure is something outside of the body that is not part of the creature's body, then, then that is actually not the primary issue. And in this study, they actually state it is not the primary issue. The primary one is actually the terrain. Because even in our human world, you cannot use wheels unless you have roads. Exactly. Now, you know how roads are rough because you, ne you need that friction in order for the wheel to better grip and propel itself. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, this thing lives in the Arctic, in the Arctic tundra. Yeah. Yeah, with tons of ice. Like, there is no friction for it to grip. How, how did you actually think up what this wheel is like? based on your artwork. Okay. okay. So um, I thought about like dinosaurs mm -hmm. and because I was obsessed with dinosaurs when I was a kid. And I always found it fascinating that there was dinosaurs out there that had like these crazy like club tails that they, you know, hit each other with and did things with. And then I thought about elephants. You know, elephants have, you know, toenails and that's how they, you know, walk around and everything. And, you know, that takes up a bunch, you know, a big majority of their feet. Yeah. Um, so I took these two creatures Creatures and kind of thought about how this animal, this ice skidunk, would travel around. Well, maybe it's not really a wheel that we would think of, you know, you know, you know, the classic wheel. Yeah. So, what if it's not a wheel? What if it just looks like a wheel? So, so what so, is your interpretation of this structure? To me, it's not really a wheel. It just looks like a wheel. So, I made the tail where it was round like a wheel, mm -hmm. but it was still part of the body, and I made it like the tail going up to it flexible and on the tail itself I put bony like almost like fingernail things all around this so tail you basically part. made it uh, have multiple fingernail like ridges on its tail exactly exactly because if it's in the arctic it needs something to grip the ice yeah, so yeah. why wouldn't it have something like that yeah so that, that actually explains if this is living in ice and it does not have that friction and if it does have a wheel or some kind of wheel uh, looking structure, then probably that wheel would have ridges just like snowmobiles have on those caterpillar things that they use. Exactly. And also too, I think, isn't it in one of your books or something that said it didn't have any flippers? Um, I, I think I, I was, read that I was, somewhere. Yeah, we read that somewhere that it does not have flippers, but I can't find that. <laughs> I can't find that anywhere now. Yeah, I can't remember either. I think I saw it too. So to me, it's just like that wouldn't make any sense. I actually gave it two sets of flippers. This critter is going to be able to like go wherever it wants to go. Yeah, I just felt like if it just had one set of flippers and this tail in the back with like the spikes that moved it around, I felt like it was just really cumbersome just to have this one set of flippers and just this tail. I don't know. I feel like it would be kind of like a hefty animal. Like it wouldn't be a tiny animal. I feel like it would be bigger. So maybe it needed this extra set of yeah. flippers to move it around. Yeah. So if its tail had this giant structure on the end, it, it would need to maintain some kind of balance. So the exactly. front of its body should be much bulkier. Exactly. Like it feels like to me, like if somebody was talking about this ice skidunk and explaining it to me, I would be like, this is not a tiny animal. Like to me, it feels like, yeah, it's a seal like animal, but maybe it's like the size of a walrus. Like it's oh, a man. big ass animal. <laughs> so like the... it's not teeny tiny. <laughs> so as you mentioned the walrus, I had another theory yesterday. I told you, yes. What if brilliant. this thing was actually a walrus and had tusks? And basically if this thing was a wheel, it was using these tusks to propel itself just like how skiers use those ski sticks. Yes. And I said, what if it had these tusks, folded them up when they weren't using them? <laughs> <laughs> like a viper. Yes. And then we went into this whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your your theory on how this thing moves is also mm -hmm. based on an insect. Yes, an inchworm. Not, not the yeah, not the dung beetle, but the inchworm. So basically, I say inchworm because yeah, it's a wheel looking appendage. But what if you know, in my interpretation, it didn't really act like a wheel. Like I said, it was just wheel shape. It was round. Mm -hmm. So it's not moving like a wheel. So how the heck does this thing move around? Well, I gave it all those bony spikes because what if it's taking its tail and pushing it constantly as it's sliding forward like an inchworm. You know how an yeah. inchworm like folds itself up, pushes itself, <laughs> folds itself 
up pushes itself. The tail a little bit longer, so maybe that's like a thing too. But you know, uh, seals, usually the flippers on the backside of a seal are their hind legs, and mm-hmm. they have very reduced tails. If you have these two sets of flippers on its body, like in your artwork, those are the two pairs of legs that these things have. The rest of its body is basically the tail. It's not no longer the torso. Yeah, it's just the tail. So, and that's why I made the tail longer, because I was like, well, if it's using its tail, like an inchworm, the tail needs to be longer. Yeah, but you know, this is not usual for seals. So what if this is some kind of weasel or an otter? Yep, and that's what we talked about yesterday. Yeah, so because weasels are elongated, it would explain like maybe this is a weasel that actually folds itself up like an inchworm. And they said it doesn't spend a lot of time in the water, but what if it still has that capability? So then it's still got flippers. So oh, the yeah. flippers, the, the two sets of flippers are actually its four legs. Mm-hmm. So instead of being like an actual seal, it's still got its flippers, its legs, but then this long ass tail with its wheelie thing at the end. Yeah, I'd imagine then in that case, this thing would be a propeller if it was some kind of aquatic creature. Yeah, exactly. Or what if the wheel, because I mean, if you think about it, the wheel would be up and down, you know, it would be straight as you're looking at it. What if they use it like a fishtail? You know how like sharks and fish use yeah, their tails? Yeah. What if it's like that when it's in the water? Like it's paddling along with its little flippers, but it's steering itself with the tail because it's flat. Yeah. So this same study actually talks a bit about these potential propellers in aquatic organisms. And, you know, this actually does exist in some aquatic organisms, bacteria, because they have those flagellas that they use for locomotion. And it has been yeah. recently documented that these flagella are actually structures that somewhat resemble axles that are jointed. So it is basically a wheel. The thing is, these bacteria are unicellular organisms, so they don't have the problem of providing nutrients to the structure because they don't have a giant body that would have to supply blood cells. And because of its tiny size, the diffusion of these organic particles is much easier in the watery substrate in which it lives. Yeah. And that's, I was going to ask too, like, isn't there jellyfish that have, they propel themselves like that as well? Like, isn't there like some sort of small jellyfish that does that as well? No. I think, I, I feel like I read something. No. Well, you know what? It's only, okay, it's folks, only bacteria. That is me being smart. That's me trying to be smart. Hey, there you go. But you <laughs> know, over. you know, <laughs> You know what does exist? I don't. I don't know for the propeller thingies, but there are little uh, organisms called rotatoria or rotifers, and they are like microscopic shrimp. They have these eyelash thingies near their mouths that they rotate constantly, and they look like some kind of propellers. But they're not used okay. for locomotion. They are used for filter feeding, for eating. Yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah, actually, I was there. sea sponges. To be smart, sea sponges have the, these cells called coanocytes that basically have a flagella, just Uh like these these bacteria, and the flagella constantly rotates around. And on the base of this flagella, they have a collar of these tiny hair-like structures. And as this giant flagella rotates uh, rapidly, it causes the water to go through this net of tiny hairs. And between them, the food particles get stuck, and that's how these sponge cells feed. So it is like basically a propeller. Yeah. But not like... Yeah, but but used for feeding. It is theorized because sponges are the most primitive animals that all animals, all metazoans as they are called now, actually have a common ancestor in the ancestor of all sponges. And that the ancestor of sponges was some kind of coanoflagellate, basically... Try saying that over (laughs) and over again. Coanoflagellate. Coanoflagellates. Yeah. So that these (laughs) coanocytes, these cells, were actually unicellular cellular organisms that lived alone and then formed colonies and then formed multicellular organisms. But if they lived alone, they propelled themselves by these flagellas. Because sea sponges now kind of hang out together and that's how they have those little groups, right? Okay. Like coral and all those other things. Yeah. And uh, there is a theory that the sperm of all animals, sperm cells, are actually remnants of these coanoflagellates uh, in their morphology. So basically 
the sperm of all animals has the same cell structure as the ancestors of all animals. So that's why sperm actually travels via these flagellas. And that, folks, is our science um <laughs> Science lesson for today. Um, well, thanks at, for coming. <laughs> at least you did not yawn like yesterday. No, I was very tired yesterday. Like that was so unintentional, but it was funny. It was real funny. Oh yeah, that, that's why I left <laughs> it in, in that bonus episode. Oh, interesting yawn. <laughs> But um, yeah. Um, so I mean, to me, the ice skadunk does not have an actual wheel for the tail. I think it's just wheel shaped, and because it's round, then people say wheel shaped. Okay, so you so, you think that this is some kind of modification of the animal's tail, but that yeah, it has horny protrusions from it. Yeah, it has something that we've seen before. Like it has something like you know, like I said, a dinosaur tail. Yeah. Like, like, it has something that's been around before. So you probably based this on the Ankylosaurus or Ankylosaurus, which had that club tail that it used to yeah, defend I, itself. Yeah, I thought about something like that. I think it's going to be something like this rather than an actual wheel in the sense of a wheel that we look at. So in a way, and, this this thing is not a wheel, but it's a giant hammer. And <laughs> well, it's a flat. It's a flat circle with spikes around the sides. You know, um, usually the locomotion of an organism is also influenced by its behavior and its behavior is influenced by what it eats and how does it evade its own capture by its own predators. So it would probably be utilizing this tail for the same purposes. So what would this thing eat? Um, I also, the way I draw things is I still add a little bit of like artistic liberty into it. Um, I originally did the sketch on this thing where it was actually a creature, but I actually put in like a supernatural element to it. So, so what was the idea behind that? I sketched up that this creature was actually, in addition to being like what you've seen in the artwork, mm -hmm. it was magic. Like it could do things. And so my original sketch was I had where it was eating fish, but it mm -hmm. didn't have to catch the fish. It would just the fish would end up with it. You know, it would be able to catch fish without any effort. So basically because it cannot move uh, normally like its relatives, it needed to evolve magic and conjuring abilities so it can conjure up fish instead of hunting exactly. them. Exactly. It could call the fish to it. You know, because all my drawings, I have something crazy going on with it. Like there is always like some little aspect that I may put in, I may not put in, but I always have like a little touch of like magic, you know, magical kind of things in it. Like I don't, yeah, I may but... not put it in the final product, but that's what I'm thinking at the time when I'm sketching it. When you look at it now, I didn't have any of that. But my original sketch, what I was thinking was it was going to be a little bit more mystical than it ended up being. Like, that's part of my process. You ended up inadvertently creating a very good speculative biology piece with this art. Because when I look at it, and with your description of the tail being this uh, vertically positioned, basically modified tail with these bony outgrowths, if you will, what I'm thinking is this thing probably eats fish, but it lives a terrestrial lifestyle, so it is not in water. How does it even fish? Then I remembered Eskimos do ice fishing they bore holes into the ice and then fish for for their food through these holes yeah. so what if, what if this thing uses its tail like the ankylosaurus uses its club tail but instead of for defense it clubs a hole into the ice and then fishes through that yeah hole. like it exactly it had to have an alternate way to feed itself maybe it's ice fishing maybe it's yeah. got some sort of way to do that and we know it eats something because i gave it like these ridiculous looking teeth so yeah. we know it's eating stuff like that. Yeah, and how I would explain this tale that you drew is that they would probably be the back flippers, but you know how those flounder fish have mm -hmm. both of their eyes migrate to one side of their heads during development. So what if this is born a normal seal, but as it grows older, its hind legs migrate from a horizontal to a vertical position and then just have these toenails grow out of them? Yeah, I mean, that's something could, that could have happened. I mean, I think we have so many different theories on it like each of us like i mean you think what else can we do i gave it four legs yeah, yeah exactly like i gave it
gave it four flippers, like an animal animal. We could theorize on things for the rest of our lives, probably yeah, on but this. I, I, sub- <laughs> I substitute your own idea with my own idea. So exactly. you don't have an organism with four legs. You have an organism with six legs now because the tail is actually the back legs of this thing. So the two pairs of flippers you already drew are actually the front legs that somehow diverged into two pairs of legs. I mean, maybe that is the thing. Maybe it's got multiple legs when it's born. Yeah, maybe let's say this thing has four fingers on each flipper, but the two sets of two uh, two sets of two fingers have evolved in a way that they have their own structure that basically makes it look like it has two flippers. Yeah, or what if the two flippers in the front are flippers, like their arms that became flippers, but what if the flippers in the back aren't really flippers? They're just like there for some purpose. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to cut that out. <laughs> I was going somewhere and then my brain was like, Bleep. yeah. <laughs> You ever have that happen where you're like really into it and then your brain goes, nah, <laughs> that was me just then. I was like, wait a minute. What was going on? Squirrel? You know what? <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe it would be funny to leave that in. Maybe it would be really funny oh, to leave yeah. that in because I'm, I'm a lunatic. So uh, that book you, you told me. Uh, wizards bestiary so for the listeners there is a book from 2007 called a wizard's bestiary a menagerie of myth magic and mystery and this is where we found another description of the creature yep so here and is that image <laughs> that's the best yeah can, can I, you, that's can the funniest you, of all of them can you describe the image here um so it's a seal it's just a seal like it's an actual looking seal and the tail instead of flippers has a saw blade looking thing it definitely looks like a saw blade like a circular saw like it looks like it is going around arctic ripping things up oh man so i theorized yesterday what if eskimos are using this thing to carve out blocks of ice that they can use for their igloos maybe yeah maybe they're getting assistance who knows i mean you know but the thing that impressed me the most about this image is they put the saw blade on the correct way like Mm -hmm. they have it turned where it would make sense that it's using it to move but yeah, it's a seal yeah. with a saw blade. Yeah, I never it's noticed It's a seal that. with a saw blade. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, You know what I see here? Like, I see it sawing through the middle of its tail constantly. Like some kind yeah, of... Yeah, it looks very, very weird. <laughs> like some kind of freaky jigsaw contraption. Like, <laughs> the Cosmic Joker really fucked this thing up by giving it a saw blade that is constantly sawing through the middle of its body as it moves. It's really got a pain in the ass going on. <laughs> I had to say it. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dad jokes. But anyway. <laughs> no, that, that was perfect. That was amazing. Um, I learned from the best. Yeah. So that that image, the other one's hilarious because it looks like a seal with a dog head. Mm-hmm. And an a, actual, wheel, like, a wheelbarrow with a dog, dog head. Yeah. Like this weird tail looking thing. But this is a literal seal with a saw on its ass. <laughs> Okay, so here's like, here's the description from the book. So we have more information here that we did not have on the internet. From the area around Victoria, British Columbia. So now we know this is from British Columbia. This is a strange species of terrestrial pinniped with small ears and a muscular torso tapering into a slender midsection. Its body terminates in a bizarre Re- ah. Rear bo- wheel. That's hard to say. Uh, yeah, its body terminates in a bizarre rear... <laughs> Just do like wheel like. Just say body terminates in a bizarre wheel like appendage. That's yeah. Its body terminates in a bizarre rear wheel like appendage, which provides them locomotion. Unfortunately, locals claim that these creatures are on the verge of extinction. Yeah, because they slice themselves in half all the time. I mean, every description we see of this creature, by the end, they have to say, oh, the locals state that this is almost extinct. It's like they are excusing why their previous description of the creature was bullshit. Like, yeah, this is weird (laughs) as fuck. But, you know, rest assured, maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe it's no longer with us. Yeah, it's just just made this up. Yeah, Yeah, it's extinct. Not any of the other logical things like um, you have a seal with a blade on its ass. Yeah. Like, no wonder it's extinct then. Exactly. (laughs) It starved to death because it couldn't get anywhere. It kept just sawing through the ice. (laughs) Oh, man. It sawed to the center of the earth. Yep, exactly. It's in Australia somewhere. (laughs) 
went straight through. <laughs> okay, so for, for oh more God. info on this thing, we need to look in more books. Because yes, more books. As it is always with paranormal and cryptozoology stuff, the internet has nothing, especially if you use Google instead of DuckDuckGo because they censor everything. Yes. So these old-timey books have more information. The first book I looked into is one that I already have. And which one is that? So this book is called Monster, the A to Z of Zoo Form Phenomena by Neil Arnold. And it is basically just an index of monsters. It has a shitload of these folkloric monsters, but nothing on them. Just just a name and a brief description. And <laughs> this is what the book says on the ice kidunk. Oh boy. A folklore beast from British Columbia said to have a seal-like head and a slender body. Although sources paint pictures of these things as nothing more than pure made of fun urban tunes. Nowhere does it state that it has a wheel. Yeah, and nowhere did it say that the, the locals say it's extinct. Yeah, but that's, that's extinct. the way this, this book is written. So it's basically an index of monster names and brief descriptions, and then you have to dig through the internet to find more info. Now, It's, another- it's so interesting to me how different books have different things on all these creatures. This book treats it like it's just a folklore. It's just a myth. But the other ones were like, I mean, it's isn't that extinct. Isn't that like with all folklore creatures, because basically every mm-hmm. region, every village, every town has its own version of the story. Yeah, has something. Exactly. It's like storytelling from, you know, one person to another. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know anything about that book. I'll have to bug you about it later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a whole list of weird creatures from that book and send you for art. Uh, awesome. So this other book I found, now I stumbled upon it uh, a few days ago randomly. I did not plan to stumble upon it. So it is called A Canadian Beastiary Second Edition, a collection of people, places, and beasties from Canadian folklore, cryptozoology, native religion, and mythology. It can be bought on Kindle for just $2.99. So you know that I bought it just to see if it has the ice kidunk. I mean, that's okay. Did it have the ice kidunk? Yeah, it had the ice kidunk. So what this book is structured like, it has an index of these creatures' names, and in brackets, it says from which province they are. And it says ice kidunk, British Columbia. So yeah, multiple sources have now stated that this is in British Columbia, Canada, which is the West Coast. Yes. And I think I need to find somebody from there and ask them about this. You can find somebody from Alaska because this thing apparently lives in Alaska too, which borders British Columbia. Yes. I don't know if I know anybody. So there you go. I mean, I think Alaskans Maybe don't have internet. Maybe somebody listening. Oh, yes, they do. Um, There's whole cities up there. <laughs> isn't, isn't, yeah, I know there's cities, but isn't internet very like expensive there because they have to use satellite internet or something like that? I don't know. Um, I know that Alaska is very big and it's got a lot of places that aren't even populated. So, I mean, maybe somebody listening knows or is from there and they'll email or whatever and tell us all about it. So. I know I know they apparently pay you to go live in Alaska. Yeah, I, I think they do. I think in certain areas. I don't know. I've never wanted to go to, I've never wanted to move to Alaska. Where I live now gets bad enough winter. I'm good. Like, I don't want to go to Alaska <laughs> and live there. I, I'm good. Yeah, that's, why, that's why they have to pay people to go there. Yeah, I already live in the middle of nowhere. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so this book, Canadian Beastiary, says for the ice kidunk, this rare beast resembles a seal with no flippers. So this is actually where we found that uh, reference. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. It propels itself along with a strange wee-like appendage on its tail. And that's it. So I spent $3 on that. It told us something we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that it has no flippers. It told us too late because you already did the artwork. Exactly. And you know what? Honestly, if I knew beforehand, I'd still put flippers on it. Yeah, yeah. Because artistic license. Yeah, fuck this book, man. No. But But, seriously, that wouldn't make sense to me. Like, how would this thing move around with no flippers? It would be pulling itself in reverse. So Exactly. Like, no wonder it's almost extinct because, damn. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it can do nothing. I see it. Oh, man. I I see it like if you had a motorized one wheel toy thingy and you put a sock on it and this sock would be the body <laughs> of this thing dragging along. Oh my God. Or what if maybe it stands up? Like what if when it's moving around, oh, it actually balances? Yeah. Like, you know, like a Segway, you know, how people like get on the Segways <laughs> and zip around. <laughs> 
so I'm imagining this elongated seal with without flippers or anything, just this blob of flesh with a with a pit bull head. Yep, just zipping around the Arctic. Yeah, just, just looking just, like a looking like a tourist on a Segway. On on one single wheel. Yep, just zipping along. <laughs> Oh man, See, that's so, why I gave it flippers. It's I, more logical that way. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'll I'll leave this book for more episode ideas in the future because maybe we can cover some more Canadian cryptids. Um cryptids that nobody has heard of that are not from the United States. Whoa, what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh no, it's another Canadian cryptid, the Yukon Beaver Eater. Does it mean that you're in the Yukon, Canada? Well, how else would I be so bored out of my mind that I'm talking about a seal with a wheel anyway why are you here beaver eater (laughs) we don't have any beavers here uh uh, yeah 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 unfortunately we are experiencing technical difficulties please remain calm and remember may eternal be thy squishy and also to protect the otters love the otters the otters love you. Well, damn, I tried to disassociate myself from Darwin's deviations, but no, I just have to do characters and voice acting and and sound effects. Ugh. Well, until we have another break in by another Canadian cryptid, Christina, can you give the listeners your, your social media? Sounds good. Just say it then. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were going to use before. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn. What is wrong with me today? Um, <clears throat> so if you want to see today's artwork for the Ice Gadunk or everything else that I've done, check me out on Instagram at the Crescent Hair. H-A-R-E, not the hair on your head, but the rabbit with the long legs. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I mean, wh- why are you so obsessed with hairs? You have pictures of the jackalope. I don't know. Like, I, I've always been drawn to, like, rabbits and stuff. I don't know. Well, you know, there is some kind of association uh, between the ice gedunk and the horny bunny known as the jackalope. And how, how, like, what's the relation? You know how we did this bestiary, uh, this original one with the circular saw from mm-hmm. 2007. Mm-hmm. Now, you asked me at the start of the episode, like, can we trace the origins of this myth? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So I was looking through Google Books because if you search these obscure uh, keywords in Google Books, it will give you mm-hmm. a list of books where, where that term appeared. Okay. I actually found, fuck, now I lost. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) I hate that. Like, I'll have like 60 different um, things open, tabs open, and I can't find anything I'm looking Mm. for. Okay, so I actually found on Google Books, this book called Tall Tales of British Columbia. The only thing that Google Books will let me read is something stating I can find no close parallels to the ice gerunk, although there are tales about animals and fish who present themselves cooked, allow parts to be cut from them. What What? the fuck? What? So now our poor dude not only got a saw blade for a tail he's cooking himself <laughs> maybe he uses the saw blade to to, to, cut, off to cut off pieces of itself that's wow yeah that's some jigsaw we, shit yeah where did we venture into on that right now <laughs> okay so this is the <laughs> oldest book i can find that references the ice gerunk but i don't know what actually is stated about it because there is no kindle version of the book mm. yeah did you check for it on scribd yeah i did nothing yeah so the book is called tall tales of british columbia i don't know if i said that already it is from 1983 the and 80s were weird man yeah weird. and <laughs> if you look at the book the cover has the jackalope oh there's the bunny yeah the horny bunny the little bunny that's pretty cool as far as i know this is the oldest mention of the ice kidunk so maybe this is the origin of it maybe it says tall tales of british columbia so maybe yeah. the ice kidunk is, is actually maybe it's some kind of fearsome critter but a canadian <laughs> Maybe. Like, remember we talked about the other day about things that people saw as one thing, but they were completely normal animals, but they drew them a certain way. Oh, yeah. We, we should Maybe have Maybe this is that. something 
like that. Maybe this is something like that. Yeah. So another reason I love your artwork of this thing is because it gives off that vibe of old tiny bestiaries where they portrayed normal animals, but in some kind of whimsical, over-exaggerated way, because these bestiaries were illustrated by priests who didn't go anywhere outside of the church. So they based their descriptions on eyewitness accounts of people who saw animals. Yeah. Like the, um, what was it? The squid, like the giant squid. Yeah. You know, with like spikes and all that other stuff. And then like the weird, other weird animals with like over-exaggerated like teeth and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. But you did not accurately replicate the bestiary vibe in your artwork for one specific reason. You did not include a penis and vagina <laughs> um you know well that you can see maybe it's in there maybe it's hidden <laughs> yeah so so actually these because these priests illustrated these old timey bestiaries they uh, illustrated all these animals having both a penis and a vagina so they were all hermaphroditic and the i mean reason... there could be one there could be one and you just don't see it okay yeah <laughs> and the reason priests did this before was so they can basically share pornography between between each other through illustrations of animals. You learn something new every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> the other day on, on Facebook, I saw this picture from an old tiny bestiary of a crocodile eating a guy. And it looked nothing like a crocodile. It looked like some kind of lizard thing, like lizard dragon thing with a tail that ended in a devil-like spear. And it had long legs. Mm-hmm. Nothing like a crocodile. And apart from that, it had a very pronounced anus, penis, and vagina. All three of them. (laughs) Wow. Sounds like a party. Let me tell you. And, and the, the, the alligator thing was eating the man? Mm-hmm. Huh. So because this thing was probably some kind of tall tale um, or mythical creature, maybe it is actually based on a real animal that lived there or that still lives there. Yeah, and like may- the whole exaggeration thing. Maybe because it lacks its hind limbs, maybe people actually saw some other type of creature and then thought it was a seal. And as, exactly. I, stated, as I stated, maybe it's a kind of weasel or something yeah maybe it maybe it's not really a feel feel so uh, if you, if we are to go that down this route the cryptozoology route that this is some kind of unidentified animal we first need to know what a seal is and these seals or pinnipeds are actually yeah. a group of animals that are in the order carnivora of mammals and the order carnivora is the same order that includes cats and dogs and bears and whatnot it's all these carnivorous beasts mm-hmm. so even though seals look very fluffy and cute just like otters they are fucking monsters they'll eat your ass yep yeah and that's why i gave mine like sharp teeth like bigger teeth than usual seals would have yes and because they are actually in this order carnivora then that means that they have an ancestor who who actually was terrestrial like the ice kidunk so what if like all cryptids this creature is some kind of missing link or ancient relative of the modern seals, which was terrestrial. Yeah. I mean, look at like, weren't whales on the land at one time? Yeah. And then ended yeah, up in exactly. the ocean. So exactly. there's a lot of things like that. But whales are not descended from carnivora. They are their own oh, yeah. separate order, the cetaceans. Yeah. I'm just saying it was like, you know, that's another critter. That is very interesting because it's called convergent evolution when different lineages of creatures adapt the same body plan, but are not related to each other because they live in the same conditions. And yeah. basically you have whales, which are a different lineage that was terrestrial and then went on to become aquatic. But you also have these pinnipeds. That are like both. Yeah. They're in the water and they're on land. Look at us being all smart and sciencey. So if we are to explain this as some kind of missing link, we need to find out what was the terrestrial ancestor of modern day seals. And based on my Google searches, it says that seals evolved from carnivorous ancestors that walked on land with sturdy legs only later did these evolve into flippers and one of these ancestors that possibly gave rise to all modern seals was this thing called the puigila or 
I think Puihila or the walking seal. So based on Wikipedia, this Puihila is an extinct species of basal pinnipeds, which lived during the Miocene epoch about 21 to 24 million years ago. So th this thing, it looked like something between an otter and a weasel. And the otters and weasels and raccoons, these mustelids, are basically the closest relatives to modern day seals. So modern wow. seals, yeah, evolved from the common ancestor of all of these mustelids that we have today. Wow. I mean, if you think about it, the way I drew it could make sense because you've got the long tail and you've got the feet that evolved into the flippers. I drew the head kind of like that. Yeah, That's it basically, cool. it looks like an otter and you already know that otters have a head that closely resembles a dog's head. Exactly. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Only the thing is compared to seals, this thing, this ancient ancestor of all seals had a very long tail. So that would explain why you are having a long tailed four limbed creature on your artwork. What if this ice kirank is some kind of descendant of this ancient otter weasel thing that led to the evolution of all seals we know today? It is some kind of sister lineage to seals. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to me because, you know, I've already explained why I drew it the way I drew it. Maybe it is a missing link. I mean, it makes yeah. sense because there's reports of missing links all over the place, like different creatures that may be the missing link. Yeah. And what, what if this thing was starting to adapt to an aquatic environment? So it lost its legs and they became flippers. But as the climate changed and the Arctic maybe got colder or whatnot, and there was more ice and less water where it lived, then it remained with these flippers, but had to adapt to the terrestrial environment. So it adapted this club tail, as you will. The wheel. Yeah. The so it, it no longer had legs to propel itself. So it needed to adapt a tail to propel itself. Yeah. So it would have but best of both worlds. Like it could still go in the water and do what it had to do, but it would still be able to be functional on the land. Yeah. Without yeah. having actual legs. And so. in evolutionary bi biology, there is this concept called Dalo's Law, which states that a trait that is lost to evolution cannot be retained again because the mechanisms that uh, allow an adaptation to form morphologically within an organism takes too many steps for it to be revived after being lost to evolution. So if this thing lost its legs, it could not bring back its legs, but it could actually adapt a new structure, uh, this tail mm -hmm. that would act as some kind of, as you stated, limb that would propel itself like an inchworm. Exactly. Like it needed to adapt to be able to function in its surroundings. Um, when I sketched it first too, um, I mm -hmm. forgot to mention this, I actually put claws on the ends of the flippers. There was actual like, there was the flippers and there was like little claws on the ends of the flippers. Yeah, that, that would have made it more terrestrial. Yeah, because I was thinking too, I was just like, you know, like I said, it's not a small animal. Like I was like, I'm thinking it's this big animal, like a walrus or something. Yeah. Okay, so we got this tail that is going to help it move it along, but maybe it needed a little bit of other stuff to help move it. So then I was thinking, well, maybe it's got little claws on the end of its flippers, you know, just to kind of help it propel a little bit better. Um, I forgot to mention that earlier, but yeah, it almost ended up with little claws on the end of its flippers. You know, but it ended up not with claws. So there you go. You know, Christina. I I think I have another theory that will basically lay this all to rest. Okay. And what is that? Yeah, so so hear me out. What if this ice kedunk, this this seal-like thing with a wheel? What if it's all just bullshit? What if it's like really just an owl? <laughs> <laughs> How long do you think this is going to be after you edit it and everything? I mean, we've talked about oh, so much. Shit. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, we're we're making history here. That's true. I mean, <laughs> no, nobody, nobody else talks about. Yeah, nobody nobody gave it attention and if anybody was ever to google the ice kidunk they will surely find this episode yeah and two we did solve the whole crop circle oh, quandary man. like we made history with that too i mean history has been made twice in this episode yeah yeah we should collaborate again yeah for real <laughs>